Three, two, one, go. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, Abba. Hey, Caitlin, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm excited because we have another special guest on the podcast today. Yay, pro pro. We have a guest <laughs> with us here today. Hey, Kiran. Hey, Abba. Hey, Caitlin. Ah, I love it. Um, I, if, if you listen to us, you'll have heard me mention Kiran probably like twice on this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, very recently, a couple of times too. Really? Yes, very recently. This is, this is one of my dear friends, one of my mm. new dear friends. Um, <laughs> And just to set the context of why Karen is brilliantly gracing us with her presence today, um, yeah, Karen is a coach for heart-centered female entrepreneurs who see business as a way to anchor and deepen in their truth and step into Mm. their purpose. She also runs group programs for women on personal power, feminine embodiment, and ancestral healing, all of the good things. Um, The spaces are activating and healing and supporting women to meet life with courage, aliveness, and rootedness. And as I said, Kiran is one of my, probably, yeah, my new friend of this year. This is the special friend I made in 2023. (laughs) Um, Caitlin reminded us actually about our running crew. We we started we we became runners this year. She's one of the purest energies that I've met and one of my moon friends. Mm. So Kieran, <laughs> welcome to our podcast. I'm so excited to have you with us today and for you and Caitlin to also get to connect. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Um, as we were, as I was just saying, um, I'd listened to the podcast while we were still acquaintances. So it's really cool <laughs> <laughs> to be on here. And then earlier this week, I listened to an episode because c- I was coming on here and it was the one you mentioned me and I was <laughs> so touched. <laughs> what was that I was mentioning the, it was about the friendship you? episode? It was right? the friendship when, one. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how, like, when we had our first friend date, how nervous you were (laughs) and how nervous I was. Oh, my God. Yes. That was was the (laughs) major. That's perfect. Actually, that's perfect that you're here now and me introducing as a new friend. So Kieran is a friend that I I was aggressively dating in Q2. (laughs) And also from really early on, we were like, oh my gosh, we'll do the podcast together at some point. And I'm glad we've gotten around to doing it. Me too. I'm so glad and a little bit surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? I was like, wow. I mean, so this is a lot of mine and Abba's relationship, I think. It's like, wow, we're running at 7 30 and then today it's like wow we're up early on a saturday morning to record <laughs> so. you all have the friendship where you're just like, continually surprising yourself you know <laughs> you're bringing out a really good side of each other so that's, that's true i think so <laughs> that is a core like weaving theme on like a lot of the spaces that we connect with on our friendship and the parts of ourselves that we are discovering about 
ourselves within our friendship is really great. Oh my gosh, that is so so true. I I I wrote this like years ago that I want to be around people who feel like home but are portals to parts of me I don't know. Mm. <sighs> and this year I've been like I'm meeting those people again. <laughs> Caitlin, let me tell you, this is literally how Kieran ta- Okay, so do you see why I was like, let me have my notebook here today. This is <laughs> this is Kieran's spirit and how she expresses herself. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be on peak podding today. <laughs> I know. I no pressure or anything. Oh my gosh. None whatsoever. Oh, that's so sweet. Did you all, okay, I'm trying to remember, mm-hmm. did you all meet initially through mutual friends or what was the like initial connection? Because I know you all were like, Ava was like nervous to like friend date you, but like how did it start? So, um... Gosh, it's all it's all really connected to everything we're going into today. But when I <laughs> I love it. When I a, a couple of in 2020, in like peak COVID times, I started writing online and thinking about starting to coach. And at that time, I met Rebecca, who's one of our now mutual friends, because we both enjoyed each other's work online so we became friends through instagram um and that was my real friends and they're like besties now guys you can make friends on instagram (laughs) also rebecca's just really good at that because we spoke a bit and she was like should we meet and i'd never (laughs) done that You're like, how do I break out of this like online like realm to to meeting someone in the like physical space? Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So then Rebecca was my intro into this community. And since then, yeah, so that was 20 then she runs a storytelling um space. And that's where I saw Abba. I know she mentioned it on the podcast already, but I saw her with blue lipstick and I was like, okay, too cool for me, but can admire from afar. So we went through a whole phase of (laughs) mutual admiration. (laughs) And on that same storytelling, like it's called, it's called Caribbean Thursday. So that storytelling session, Kieran told this like long, beautiful story with one of my really close guy friends. And I was just like, who are, and they were just new friends as well. You you weren't yeah. even friends yet. Everyone's the my new friend. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. But they, they like shared this like really tender connection story of both how he like really showed up for her and like how she was experiencing this like connection it was about like I guess connectivity with your ancestral lands and things that you wanted mm. to yeah and I was just like oh my gosh too deep for me I'm not gonna be able to keep up but I, I like st- it stuck in my mind so every time we'd be in like same spaces and I'd like see her I'm like, I'm like I know that girl but I, I don't know her at all but I like know this like one deep thing about like her spirit and her family but I don't know her at all yeah oh yeah, and that's but then we became friends. I feel like mid last year or maybe tail end of last year is when we started connecting more. Or this we year. um we were both at a New Year's party where we didn't know a lot of people, <sighs> so we hung out loads and then 
key one, both introverted and then super intentionally (laughs) became friends um, in Q2. That's so perfect. You are my New Year's Eve connection. And do you remember, I was like, and I wanted like a love connection that night and I got one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. What a good way to like roll into the new year too. Like making that like heart connection with someone. Yeah. Mm. Best. So mm-hmm. Karen, before, so you were saying even like in 2020, that's when you started like sharing stories online and deciding to go into coaching. What's your, like how, okay, first of all, there's so many, like, I have so many questions around your coaching <laughs> and I feel like if you can just like break it down from the core, but like, what is feminine embodiment? First of all, I feel like that is mm-hmm. what I'm aspiring to in life and I probably don't even know what it means but like really how did you end up in where were you before 2020 and how did you end up in this industry and like yeah how did you end up where you are doing the work that you do and also tell the people a little bit more about the actual work that you do and you know I'm a I'm a guide y'all onto her Instagram so that you get a lot more gems later guys but yeah gosh yeah it's been um such a journey. So I actually started as a corporate lawyer in London, like very nerd. Caitlin is a lawyer. Nelly's a lawyer. Kieran <laughs> is a lawyer. Like y'all. <laughs> Loki, I'm the only cool girl on this podcast. <laughs> All right. No, maybe I should have backtracked a bit. I was, I was an artist at school. Like I walked around Ooh. with my my massive art bag and had the keys to the art room but then I'm also South Asian so there was a whole like of course that's not what you study (laughs) that's a hobby go get a real job very African energy (laughs) so I studied um yeah so I studied law um in London very early on kind of felt like this is I'm like, I'm a fish in a desert in this <laughs> space. Mm. Um, so Why did it feel like that? Um, it was many things. I'm very sensitive and London's a super, super fast paced space. And I guess, I mean, in hindsight, I feel like I was, this is where I was meant to end up. So I think everything kind of lined up for me to be in this super high pressure environment both studying law and then actually practicing and to make that to make me able to do that I I was meditating a lot Mm. (laughs) um so that was at the alongside that the the other parallel of my life was that I was getting deep into spirituality going for retreats um London is such a boiling point of anything you want to do. (laughs) So there was Mm. loads of spiritual communities and I guess in a way it was a double life because (laughs) Mm. I had this very, um, and I mean, it kind of connects to this whole feminine embodiment piece because I had this very masculine career and then I was just trying to soften and relax and like all of that to be able to, to be in that um Mm -hmm. 
And then I guess my big first scary leap into the unknown was deciding to move back to Kenya. And so many, my parents and friends and so many people were like, no, don't come back. You've like managed to get such a good job and you've got such a great life. Why would you come back? And I just had to, it just felt so right. And I think that was the first decision that I made, which was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it feels very right. <laughs> so I'm going to jump in blind. Um, and then very early on, once I got to Nairobi, got into health consulting. Um, so I was researching and traveling around Africa. But honestly, guys, like I was, I'm, I'm so sure this is now, the, even when I look back at that, I'm like so sure this is the work I was meant to end up in. Cause I would go to these conferences and be like, I have nothing to add to this. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I would, I genuinely felt like everything I was doing, I was like, I don't feel like I'm actually contributing in the way I'm supposed to. So I would, I would like meditate for two hours before and be like, I'm sending everyone <laughs> energy and me doing that is my no contribution as you work, work in the middle of a health consulting that, conference that I'd was like, your major contribution let's I'd be, be like <laughs> I genuinely believe that I I, mm -hmm. I still believe it I would go to this and be like okay I'm now in Rwanda so how am I connecting to this land and I would do I would literally be thinking of those things rather than the actual work <laughs> that I was there to do like looking through the notes as you're walking into the meeting after, after figuring out the spiritual connection of the space mm -hmm. um but yeah I think and alongside that when I moved to Kenya I started doing coaching I did a coaching certification to try meet new people I'd moved mm -hmm. back I had school friends but I was like I need to meet people like-minded people I have no idea how to go about that and it's really funny now because it was me and one other person who's now moved to Amsterdam since. So uh, I didn't meet anyone yeah. <laughs> through oh that. But it kind of like as soon as I started um, the certification, everything really just made sense mm -hmm. um, because I had been doing so much personal development work out of the sheer love of it. Um, and just because it's such a huge part of who I am, um, and then finding a way like, okay, this is how I can use this to, um, to guide other people and just finding that space to be so right after years of just being like, I'm definitely in the wrong space, but <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. So I, like, it's so cool to hear you talking about how you were in this almost like a pressure cooker is what I think of like being a lawyer. Mm. That's how it feels for me. And, and, but finding the time and space, like knowing even in that point when you had all this pressure on you and knowing to like set aside this time for personal development and meditation. And that's very like, just so self-aware that I don't see in this field at all because we're all just trying to stay afloat so I'm wondering like is this this kind of like 
is this how you were like always as a child? Were you kind of like going mm. to this space in your child? Because it just seems like a gift in a lot of ways for you. Like you're obviously cultivating it, but it just seems like a draw that you somehow innately like knew to go, go there. Like, is that, is that how it was for you as a child? Too? Yeah. Um, in some ways, yes. So, um, I like my, my mom tells this story of when I was a kid and we went to a relative's house and I was like, Oh, I know, I know these people from this life or like just saying things like that. <laughs> um but I think before law school my space for that of like deep absorption was art um and painting um a bit of writing so it wasn't like an active like okay I need to set up the space it was kind of just weaved into my life Mm -hmm. by like spending hours on the floor (laughs) painting Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I got to London, there were definite like moments of, I'm going to call them part of my awakening. Like I went for a spiritual retreat where I was like, this, this is it. I've, <laughs> this is my path. And, um, so I think it was always there, but it was, I think the intensity of that pressure cooker made it feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't have the type of discipline I had at that time, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the number of hours I would put into it, but it was, I think it was both because it felt so necessary and it was part of that, oh, wow, I'm waking up to a side of me, which feels very true. Wow. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I really love the just how you've been able to tap into how it feels in your body and in your experience as a deciding factor for like navigating directions in your life, whether it's like, even it feels right to move back home and you couldn't put into words exactly. And you don't even have, but like how, first of all, how does someone, that's something I'm definitely struggling with a lot in life right now, but like, how do you cultivate the trust within yourself how do you know, mm-hmm. first of all, like being that connected to your feelings to know exactly what it is your inside and body wants you to do. And then, um, yeah, and trusting it and following it through just because you know that if it feels like if it feels right, it's probably the right decision. And that's something that mm. right now there's a lot of things that feel like the thing that I need to be doing. But it's just like, but still doing the overanalyzing and the pros and cons and the risk management and all of it, like how at a younger age, a significantly younger age as well, like has Again, has that always been just kind of how you are or is that something you cultivated and how do you navigate mm. it? So I don't want to sugarcoat it at all. It was mm. challenging. And part of mm. it was just this, oh, if I stay in this space, like it's really not going to be good for me. So I need to remove myself from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it is just like when you're in that deep, challenging moment, it's you do the thing that's going <laughs> to... You hopefully Forced do the thing change. that's gonna yeah. <laughs> gonna be good for you. Um, and then the other part of it is, uh, yeah, part of it is innate that I am very sensitive. And what then, do you mean when you say sensitive? Mm, so I'm very sensitive to environments, to other people's. I can feel into other people's experience, which you 
which is a nightmare in London, <laughs> sits <laughs> on the tube. <laughs> yeah. um, oh but even very, even like, um, so the term highly sensitive person really resonates with me because it's, I, I mark very high on that trait of, um, of even on a very sensory level, sound, um, touch, loads of things are quite, have always been quite intense for me or mm. I've realized compared to other people, my tolerance is a lot lower. Um, and then I was, I was doing practices, I was doing meditations, which also narrow your tolerance window, because if you're connecting to that space, then, and I, I, I think that's still true now, the more you're working on coming in alignment, then anything that's not that your tolerance for it is so much less than, mm. um, than if you're not doing that work, which is what you want, but it's also when it happens and when you have to confront it in <laughs> real life, it can be challenging. Yeah, absolutely. So mm. once you got back to, to Kenya, then how, I mean, cause you have like, I, I know like little bits from talking to Abba, but it sounds like you've like created like such a community and like really created like a, a, a like beautiful space for a lot of the people there to connect and kind of, um, I don't know. I don't know that I'm like putting this into words well, but like connect in like a very special way. So how mm -hmm. did like, once you moved back, how did you kind of like lead into that? I know you said like you're writing, but how did it kind of become this like bigger thing than it, you know, that it grew into? Yeah. Um, so the other bit, just on Abba's question before, I used to talk about my intuition as being quite aggressive. So <laughs> I, like I didn't have a choice in a lot of these That's things. That's a really good title <laughs> for a memoir, Aggressive Intuition. That should be... <laughs> yes. I mean, I have less of those moments where it's like, no, this is what you must do or like, mm. we're not friends anymore. But... <laughs> <laughs> but one of those moments was with with coaching and just being like, okay, I'm very sure that the platform for me is is Instagram and I'm just gonna put put this work out there, like with no idea of how it's gonna go. Um so I guess that was like starting to cultivate online community. But in terms of I mean, Abba, did you mean like spaces that in Nairobi, like the mantra meditation and all of that is that what Caitlin is yeah like there's mm -hmm. so yeah there's different like there's okay maybe you can talk a little bit more of like what your work and the nature of the connection points looks mm. like and the different places that you've been able to gather women both virtually and in the spiritual spaces that you've created here as well oh Abba you make it sound like <laughs> so grand <laughs> I think it is. Oh my gosh, it is. Because when she talks about that, I'm always like, oh, that, like, how great to, ha like, I'm always like, where can I find that here? Mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think it is and, grand. 
And especially because it's not like it's not like London where those spaces already existed. You kind of had to come in, find right. people and create the ecosystem to be able to have those spaces okay. and networks. Yeah. And that was a big part of it because I came back from London and I mean, even doing a coaching certification was like, I, the richness of my life has always been people. And I just came back to Nairobi and didn't, especially when COVID started, I was like, gosh, I don't have that in the same way. And how can I bring some of those spaces? Like for purely selfish reasons, I was like, I need, <laughs> I need to be in those types of spaces. Um, so on the spiritual side, so I, I would literally meet with a couple of friends and we'd be like, I'd be like, you guys need to be okay with me singing. <laughs> And met, I'm chanting for a while. Can we please just do this? <laughs> so, Kiran, what is the... Okay, I think you need to anchor what that even means, the spiritual side. What is Kirtan? What, what, what do you mean when you're saying you're singing and chanting side to people who maybe have not experienced that? Yeah. And let Kaylin know so what it's about. I also right. learned it this year. Mm. Yeah, so one of the spaces in London, which I found extremely grounding was I would go to these mantra meditation events um, called Kirtan, which is, um, it's a spiritual practice, but it's set to music, which already makes it so much easier to, yeah, which, which is the best. Um, and I was, I was there like weekly because I would just find that to be my safe space from, everything else to the point that I bought a, a harmonium, which is an instrument, which is used in mantra meditation, just so that I could keep that up on my own when there wasn't um, an event. So when I came to Nairobi, I started just doing this with a couple of friends. But I also want to, so how it became something that now happens monthly, I want to also say is because of the people I'm around. So in, <laughs> and we're going to go into this later, but our friend group are all people who are like, okay, I want to create this space. And mm. we have storytelling mm. and we have Tasty Jams, which is um, a music another music event. So everyone is really stepping into that and really stepping into what they want to do. And I was so inspired by that and felt like if, if, um, if this friend of mine can do this, then I can do the small version of that and start this space. So it really started as just like six people getting together once a month. And now it's, since then grown um i think 20 or 30 people get together once oh my a month gosh. wow um to it's really cool it's really cool caitlin and caitlin is coming next year so i'm going to be taking her to all of the things we have like all of the community circles to make runs and but like yeah it's a, a, it's almost like you're all getting into like it's almost like a trance chant that's guided with the music and there's like an intention that the music is directing towards and some of it it's it's we usually you do it in hindi all of it right the chants so the the yeah the the mantras that i know um are all in sanskrit but this is it's the 
I feel like music is such a big part of different faith traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, But it feels very, because part of one piece of my work is like being very true to your roots, it feels most true for me to be like, okay, this is something from my tradition that I can that I can offer but and make accessible and it brings together all my favorite elements because there's there's music there's connection to self and the divine or whatever however you experience it and there's community so just all those factors together mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um creates a really beautiful space um so that's I think that's the the in-person element that Ab is talking about. Um, and then on the work front, it's been, it's mostly, this started as a necessity because it was COVID. All the spaces I was running were online. And then I just realized that that really suits me because it's really cool that there's women in Europe and in Nairobi and in the US joining these spaces and all saying they're having the same experience. I found that really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how, and I want to add that all of this, because I'm quite a introverted (laughs) person. Think of myself as quite shy before I had to really step into all of this. Um, so it's, it's definitely been a journey of, um, of putting things out on Instagram and then on Instagram, Mm -hmm. creating those invitations of like, okay, this is, um, a free space that I'm running. And then, okay, these are longer, deeper containers, which you can join, which we can, um, as a community, um, go into some of these topics. I love it. I love it. Could you talk a little bit more more about like what? Okay, so yeah, like what what the like when you speak about leading from like heart centered female entrepreneurship mm. and feminine embodiment. What yeah, yeah, what does that look like for you? And I think something else, the fact that you drew a lot of like your work and this community through kind of like putting it's putting yourself out there online, which a lot of it is your work, but a lot of it is a lot of your really like hard work and like being really vulnerable and open and the different sides of you that you share mm. online. Like what's that experience been like and how do you navigate it? Yeah. Um, okay. You asked me this first and I didn't, <laughs> we didn't get to it, but feminine embodiment. I asked you like three things at once. <laughs> I'm not good at interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once I got into coaching, even then it was when you start working for yourself, I feel for me, at least it was a realization of how much I'd internalized from how society is set up and we're in a very hyper-masculine society. And by that, I don't mean men. I just mean like everything is set up on efficiency, productivity, linear, logical thinking with no space for what you're feeling, your intuition, or, well, more more feminine qualities. So I started reading more and getting certified in, in, um, in those types of spheres of like, okay, what does it look like to 
get my body on board in my decision-making and to trust the wisdom of the body. Um, Mm. And finding that the pace of that to be more supportive of me, but also just a way to access much deeper work and create work, which is really true to me. I guess once I started coaching, I was just like, okay, I'm good. I'm just going to go into the deep end now. If I'm doing this, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm really going to strive for it to be really true and for it to be the deepest work I can, I can offer people. Um, and constantly checking in with that, like, is this in harmony with who I am? Is this in harmony with the lineages I come from? Is this in harmony with the earth? Um, and really trying to create a new model for myself of living and hoping and realizing a lot, a lot more people are thinking about that and are just finding our current systems to to be burnout inducing, overwhelming, making mm-hmm. so many people think there's something wrong with them when actually um, perhaps we can lean into a more um, a more fem- well balanced, not even feminine, a more balanced space. But the reason I found feminine embodiment to be so supportive of that is because we've gone so into the masculine it's actually useful to start thinking about the body and um the feminine and flow and creativity as a way to to come back to balance as a way to come back to center so Mm -hmm. how i think of it is making decisions from the heart or for what really feels true and then having the more masculine like structures and planning and all of that being a way to protect and support those decisions which are really true so I'm leading with the feminine and the masculine supporting that I love that yeah <laughs> what a like what a like really beautiful way to I've never heard anyone like put that into words you know um that I I love that yeah which is like totally makes sense why you do what you do and why you're so (laughs) impactful she's literally Uh, just living her life and it's beneficial to the rest of us so yeah I know yeah that's really dope and by embodiment you mean just I guess from what I understand embodiment to be, it is, I get what you're saying, like kind of leading from your body and how your body is feeling and being present within your body as a guiding. So, yeah. Yeah. So embodiment um, recognizes. So the same way on a society level, we're really leaning into structures which are harmful for our bodies, for the earth. The same way internally, we're really, mm. we're really leaning into our, lo- our, our mind, into logic, when actually a lot of systems, a, a lot of research, but also a lot of um, older systems are, actually think that the mind is the last the last one in in this whole thing. Mm. So actually, the story in your mind follows your state. So 
So embodiment is about recognizing that there's all these other pillars. There's your breath, there's your energy, there's your body, there is, of course, your mind, and there's all Mm. these things. And how are we, how can we start this process of actually using everything neck down and not Mm. be so in our mind? Because that's also a protection mechanism to be like, I don't want to deal with what's going on. So I'm going to overthink this. And I'm saying this as someone who's such an overthinker because it's such a process to to find Mm -hmm. that safety in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I think everyone would benefit from getting out of their head a little, you know. A lot. Um, Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I was, guys, I was struggling with if I'm going to be able to record our podcast today and we were supposed to record actually yesterday, but I've been having a very charged, like stress charged week, speaking of living in your head and everything is in the mind and very high stress, not very good energy space, especially work-wise that I've been existing. And the, what had happened yesterday was actually like, I, my self-defense mechanism is of course, like I get like dissociating and kind of like numbing out and focusing on the thing that I need to do, which is not ideal, but especially when I'm in peak fight or flight, mm-hmm. that's where I go and that's where I was all week. And so yesterday, being honestly, what it felt like, it was the first time and I could feel myself and it had started right before I left the house, but then I was meeting a friend who I was also going to be like connecting and we were kind of like talking through some, but it, I I was very aware of like kind of settling back within myself. And that's when the, it triggered the, I think it triggered the migraine that I was having, which is why I didn't think I was going to be able to come. It's like, you've been on this like charged adrenaline and like settling back in your body. It feels like it's really overwhelming. Now the shift in energies and it's just like, oh, and I was very, I just remember being really aware at some point, like, oh, this is the first time that I feel like, like this week I hadn't been aware of just how dissociated I'd been all week, but it's like, oh. I'm not feeling the need to like numb out. I'm not just like intensely working or like trying to be unconscious or like how do I overly suppress because there's too much going on. And it was just like when I just paused and actually did like a breathwork session before I headed out. Mm-hmm. And then I was, then it like, then my body was less like, oh my gosh, we feel like we're feeling quite shitty this week, actually, even though you've not paused to be aware of how bad you're feeling. So I wonder what it is like to, you know. Being able, of course, life has difficult things and it's not going to, even if you're like living from, it's not about like now it's going to be perfect and always easeful, even though I do love mm. a lot of ease. But like, what does it look like? Not just, yeah, the first reaction, not being like suppressing your body, your energy, your spirit, and just like focusing on like productivity and getting the thing done because that is the most important. That is the structure that we live in, it's usually like the most important thing to do even in like crisis situations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I need to practice mm-hmm. embodiment more for sure. And it started for me as as exactly that, like, oh, I'm so stressed. So how can I minimize that? But I think the deeper I've gone, it's this realization, wow, in the body, it's actually... It's not just like, okay, this is a way of being more productive. It's also, oh, there's a whole other way of experiencing life, which is beyond Mm -hmm. what I even thought is possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what a lot of, I mean, a lot of writers I look up to write about that actually what, even looking forward for the world 
we're not going to do it from, we're not going to come up with the, with a life beyond what we can imagine if we're in survival mode, because then mm-hmm. we're going to be like, all I need is 11 hours sleep. And that's going to feel like <laughs> the best thing possible. Yeah. But what are we going to create when we're actually in our aliveness, when we're inspired, when we feel connected, it's just going to, it's going to change the choices we make. It's going to, it's going to mm-hmm. shift. Um, pretty much everything it shifts how you show up in your life but shifts what you hold possible for yourself and for for each other wow yes <laughs> that's uh-huh i need to like i need all these on like post-it notes to remember on my day-to-day but that's so i mean oh that's so true and even thinking about like i'm i'm really stuck on the thought of like moving from your head to like even parts of your body. And I, I remember like I was reading online once cause I was having like panic attacks pretty regularly. And someone on like some online forum was just like, get up and just start dancing. Like you're really in your head, you're panicking, just like get up and do like a really goofy move or just like shake or wiggle or something. And it is like, it's so incredible how just like making movements with your body can like you like physically feel like a lowering out of your head, you know, Mm -hmm. but we forget all that. I do. I forget all that. (laughs) And actually that's the best part that it's a lot of it is super simple. Mm -hmm. It's just consistently coming back to it. Um, And Yeah. yeah. The shaking of the body and moving movement as a place for adjusting is definitely a big one where mm-hmm. yeah and um, it's not lost to me that this is the one week that I'll, the last big movement I did was before going on a run went to the beach and came back plugged into the matrix and never moved for five days that's probably what <laughs> <laughs> yeah you like suddenly have this realization like I haven't moved in this long like no wonder I'm feeling so terrible like no wonder I yeah so, um even like the other day someone was talking about like I realized I hadn't taken like a deep breath all day and (laughs) you know and how often do you like go to bed and then realize wow I never like I think I've been clenching my jaw and holding my breath and didn't take a (laughs) yeah it's shocking how much we override our bodies and like Mm -hmm. don't honor them like it's even simple things like, oh, I was thirsty, but I waited three hours because it felt more important to <laughs> do work. Or I needed to pee and I didn't let myself pee. And then so when you think me. about it, you're like, <laughs> I'm well, so thirsty. Now that you say this. I'm, right next, I'm in my house. <laughs> the toilet is right there. Like, let me just finish this really quickly. But the breath <laughs> thing, especially I used to. And this is something that I know as I've. I've adjusted a lot more in the last few years, but I remember it especially when we lived in America still. Like, I'd hold my breath. Actually, it was even when I was back here because I remember someone who I was dating in, like, 2016. They'd just be like, because I'd take, like, these big gulps of air suddenly in the middle. <laughs> watching TV and suddenly, and it's just like, why are you not breathing? Like, and I, that's when I started realizing I hold my breath so often. When I'm focused, I just, like, I hold my breath and I'm, like, doing a thing, thing, thing. Then it's just oh my gosh, I've not been breathing for like the last minute. Like I didn't even notice. I just like clench up. Um, but yeah. So also, yes, yeah, speaking of 
new friendships and us connecting through new friendship this year and the beautiful communities and community spaces that have been built. Something that me and Caitlin also really big about both community and commune living. Karen, you're also <laughs> a commune aspirant. We should, guys, we should just like, first, let's I open know, the Excel document. <laughs> let's get planning. Let's embody communeness. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, what are your thoughts? Like, yeah, how are you, what's your, what's your feeling around like community and mm. the role of community in your life right now, other than just even the connection spaces for your work? And yeah, how are we going to get this commune going? What are, you, mm. what are your feelings on the commune? <laughs> Gosh. Um, wow. What are my feelings on the commune? Big feelings. <laughs> Big feelings. Mm, commune. Mm, commune. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, well, part of it is this, just this idea I've just talked about of actually when we're not thinking about just what we need to survive and we're thinking about best case scenario, what does that look like? And for me, it's very much being in community, being deeply in community. Cause I think, I mean, on the work front, I know a lot of healing happens relationally. So it does happen. Mm. We need each other. It's how we're wired. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just incredible the depths you can go into when you're around people you deeply trust and have decided that you're going to do that work with for many years. Um, and living together just adds this whole <laughs> other layer to that. Um, gosh, on so many levels. And it's it's funny how much this topic just has been coming up in our friend circles it's somehow we all have this desire and I keep I keep saying I'm like we all have this desire for a reason and <laughs> on a micro level we can <laughs> set up a different way of being in the world um mm -hmm. just by yeah being around people who I think so this was really big for me in July, I mean, it's something I've thought about a lot, but I felt it so strongly in July is that when I'm around people who are in their fullness, it just gives me so much permission to do the same. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> and in, in July, it was Abba with her birthday. Caitlin, I'm sure you know. That. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a, it's a holiday in my world. <laughs> <laughs> but getting to watch her in her fullness in that, and it's vulnerable to ask people to show you, show up for you like that and mm -hmm. to be around people who aren't, um, who are supportive of that. And then going into the next week and having our other friend presenting her PhD and also that being her in her fullness and just getting to to witness that and allowing that to be like, okay, maybe that means I can, I just find that I'm around people who really call me forward, who are really activating me to be like, okay, if that's, that's their version of it, what's my version? And mm -hmm. how can I step into that more? And community just creates um, a space for that in, in so many beautiful ways, so many conscious and unconscious ways 
So mm-hmm. yes, this is why this is why I think we should all be living together <laughs> on some yeah. land, looking after the land and um creating new structures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's something so powerful to be said to like commit to a group of people and say like I'm we're like we have this we have this shared value of like what what this vision is that we want to have and we're like willing to put in the really hard work and discipline to like pursuing this and seeing it through in like such a grand like interconnected way I think because so often we have these like pressures of like isolation in society definitely like in the U.S. for sure everything's like you're on your own island you know like you know don't like you can't be an adult and live with other people you know like how just like so silly because it's all these ideas that really like just further isolation and don't allow for community so to like kind of go against that grain and say like oh like I'm committed to this and we're doing this and it's I don't it's like really powerful I agree I also think it's how we were I mean, some of this stuff is actually just going back to how things were. (laughs) And it wasn't that long ago. All this this version of living is literally like like short, two hundred years ago, a hundred and fifty. This is like why are we acting like there's no other way to be? This is (laughs) this is fresh stuff. My grandfather is the one who created this lifestyle in Kenya. It's not even long time ago. Isn't it crazy that it feels so out there? Yeah, I think that's intentional. I think that's kind (laughs) of like intentional to be like those ways were so far back and so distant and there's no way humans could function Mm -hmm. like that now. Like it almost seems like this, I don't know, like some kind of like dream that didn't really exist, you know. The capitalism strategy, it's worked well. (laughs) We're on to the industrial complex. (laughs) But and and I mean, bringing it back to feminine embodiment, that is part of the work of of like, okay, this is what has been valued in the world, but this is what feels this is what I value, and this mm. this is something that, um, even if it sounds out there in the systems we live in, we can actually come back to, which because because community is a very feminine, yes, um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. energy and being like okay that is something we can see as valuable again mm-hmm. yeah yeah and even like that's so I'm, i don't know why when you said community is feminine but like i just remember all of the ancient african history or when you do like the tribal histories it's always just like the women the role of the woman was to like gather and bring the people together as the men disappeared and hunted for two weeks or whatever but like inherently even when maybe it was socialized but socialized for at least a thousand years as opposed to the last 100 years ways of living um yeah anyway but I was also just I guess right now I'm just thinking even like the the different places and the different versions of ourselves that we get to experience within our community and how honestly, Karen, there's so many different facets of yourself other than being a runner and <laughs> an embodiment coach and uh, an artist. Uh, what's it been like kind of so like showing these different parts of yourself online and with having also this is also your work now. And there's a certain mm-hmm. expectation of how you 
I know that I think Caitlin and I have talked about like how I, I don't know why specifically around this podcast, even though we feel like we're pretty open, but there's something that feels like it's putting yourself out there and being more vulnerable than other things. And I don't know why it feels like that. So like when that is your work, but you're also like sharing your truth and you're like, you know, you're a coach and you're a mystic and you also party at Abachella. <laughs> how have you been navigating that? Gosh, in a chaotic, messy way. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, when I first started posting things online, it was, it's honestly been the scariest thing I've ever done (laughs) in my life. Um, It's, it's really felt like this big coming out process. Um, But Oh my gosh, in the most beautiful way, because it's been this question almost of like, I feel every time I post something which feels vulnerable, it's almost been like this question of like, is this okay? And Mm -hmm. then to be met by either myself or by others with like, I feel this too, or like, I don't relate, but I love you anyway, has been (laughs) (laughs) so incredibly healing to just feel, um, to be to feel safe in being seen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's been i mean it's still a process i still feel like i do still i mean just as we started recording i was like guys i'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> so that's still very true but that mm-hmm. can be true and i can lean into um into what i've trying to I, what i've been trying to be to cultivate which is giving myself permission to to be like this is what's true and if it's true that is what I want to honor more than anything else (laughs) Mm -hmm. and part of that feels like I want to I want to share it and then in that sharing I'm getting to work on oh I can see the parts of me which were which had expectations or the parts of me um and it's so funny with Instagram because um, I was sharing this with Abba, but there's been certain times I share something and I'll lose followers and letting that not mean anything has been a process. Yeah. Um, I bet. and then yes, also being like, it's safe to be not even safe. It's, I can be taken seriously as someone who, um, is deeply drawn into mysticism and that feels like such a big part of my identity um so what I was talking about at the beginning of having these double lives this mm-hmm. double life of like corporate current and then spiritual it's been this process of like how can I just be whole my whole self in more spaces and not have to have this fragmentation I love that. All the sides of the moon, guys. All <laughs> the shadow, the crescent. and Also, guys, oh my gosh, I've just remembered this. Kiran is, so Caitlin has a moon tattoo, Kiran. Does she? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Caitlin, show her. Kiran is, consi- is planning to potentially it's get really a moon lovely. tattoo. Mm-hmm. Come closer I, to the I camera. I can't see you. You're not in my... Oh, wait. Oh, there yeah. we go. Oh, wow. I can see it. Isn't that dope? It's like dots. I love it. 
I want a crescent tattoo too. And I'd forgotten. Kaylin got that tattoo ages ago. And then I was like telling her, I want a crescent tattoo. And she's like, oh yeah, I have a moon tattoo. And I was like, is that the first time it was placed in my mind like 10 years ago was when you got your tattoo and I've been like (laughs) pining for a crescent tattoo since. I love the moon. (laughs) I love the moon. Yeah. Mm. All its different phases and being whole no matter which side it's showing and Mm. being present in all its phases. And here's hopefully to getting more and more of that in our work and in our lives. Mm, That and like living cyclically, like sometimes being like, I'm in a rest phase and and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's like solitude phases and then there's like peak community phases. I feel like I'm in the most peak community connection (laughs) year for me in a really long time. But honestly, there's also, I loved what you said about like healing in community and like how we heal in a relational way. And I feel like I have also found some healing in some form of solitude and like what does it look like going inward and figuring yourself out and then seeing how much more like because yeah in community and in relationships and in like actually living your life what does like healing look like there because the things that kick up the things that you other your people who you love and trust help soothe out of you as well I think yeah it's really powerful mm-hmm. <sighs> okay people I love this is there anything else any of you want to share? I've really enjoyed this conversation and I definitely wanted to do breath work before we got into this call and I didn't. And I'm like, I should probably like center myself for the day if I run into all of the chaos that I have planned. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what's coming up for me, Abba, is like even just getting off, like now at this point in the in the podcast, my automatic question is like, was this too much? No, (laughs) I know that and part of why I know that is like it's a quest it's almost become a running joke in our in our friends because (laughs) because it's something we all question and we've just realized that well we've realized how human it is and how it's just part of (laughs) how we're all wired yeah (laughs) I think that's been yeah the thing like yeah, it's only too much when it's not like with the people you need to do it. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's always just enough. And this, but that thing for too muchness and like, are you, are you doing too much? Are you asking for too much? Have you put yourself out there in more than like? Have you given more than was necessary? I think that is something that I some, especially in like connection and right. not even new relationships, but like. So like for when I say new, I mean even like four years, you know, like mm-hmm. if it's not your family, like what mm-hmm. does like showing up in your fullness and even when you worry about being too much, still showing up anyway, yeah. because the people who you're showing up to want all of the parts that you want to bring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just right. Not too just, much. Just right. <laughs> Definitely yeah. just right. I like how Caitlin <clears throat> is vibing. Caitlin. Am I, am I frozen? <laughs> No, I'm saying I like how you're vibing. You're like, ah, oh, you, you look like uh, you're in like a meditative state. <laughs> well, I know. I feel like so. This is the effect that I feel like you have, Kira, and I feel like it's like I feel so relaxed and calm. Like, like I'm being like soothed to sleep. I think that's <laughs> funny, but like I, I, I totally get 
like Abba's perspective on you and just experiencing you in person, I imagine would be like a whole different thing, but you definitely have like this very like therapeutic, calming, comforting effect through the screen. So I can imagine your your in-person impact, which like makes sense again, that like you do what you do. And so it was, it was so good to have you on here. We'll definitely have to do another, another follow-up episode too. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. been, thank you for saying that. And it's, it's been so, so wonderful to, to get a B on, on here Mm -hmm. after, um, Abba and I have talked about it a fair bit. So it's, I love what you guys do and, um, I would love to, to come back as you said. And you have, you do have literally the most soothing, like spirit and voice. I feel Mm -hmm. like you need to launch your podcast (laughs) ASAP because it would be like peak, you know, it's, it's like soothing ASMR. That would be definitely like, okay. Yeah. I want your voice in my head when I'm falling asleep for sure. You know, like. <laughs> exactly. You'd read like. Lead me into my stories. dreams peacefully, you know. <laughs> It'll be like, just like Zen. So what are you doing around your work in the mm. next few? Could you share with us a little bit about the work that you're doing? And yeah. where can the people find you if they're interested in connecting with you and your work? Yeah. Um, so I'll share all these links, Abba, so that you can put them in the show notes. But Amazing. In- Instagram is <laughs> just just take over is... for us, please. <laughs> just take our podcast. <laughs> Here's the thing: Links? all you have to do is what change is the logo. Link, you know. <laughs> What? Oh my god! Why have we never had links to on the show show notes? Oh my god, we've never even. I know. I was like, this is this is real now. This is officially podcasters, guys. Yes, teach us how to be professional, Kim. Links for the show notes. Excellent. Um, But yeah, Instagram is um, where I I post the most regularly. I've, by the time this airs, I will have already, I've got a free masterclass next week called Reclaim. It's um, about embodied confidence. So um, very much tapping into what's innately um, your essential truth, which is already powerful. Um, So yeah, that's happening next. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that will have already happened, but the replay will be up in the link so I'll send you the link to that um my birthday's so I haven't talked about this much actually my but my birthday's coming (laughs) my birthday's coming up and I'm going to be um sharing a free meditation on my (laughs) to to my online community so I'll share the link with for that as well um and then in October I'm starting um, Gather, which is an online space I run for six months. And it's all about stepping into your personal power and your radiance and very much from the feminine embodiment um, lens. So it's I've just found community to be such a powerful force in my life. And mm-hmm. when I started coaching people one-on-one, it it was almost surprising to me. I was like, wow, 
people don't have this. Or maybe they do, but they don't have it for this specific experience they're having around mm-hmm. transformation. Mm-hmm. So it's a six-month online community. I have guest facilitators come in and teach on various things. And then I teach in it. I've been circled in it. Um, so that starts in October. Um, so those are those are the things um, going on in my world right now. I love and it. Guys, I strongly recommend, and we'll tag all the things in our show notes, but also check out Kira Nyota, K-I-R-A-N. Mm-hmm. Is there another N between or use one there N is. for your name and surname? There Nyota is N-Y-O-T-T-A. So Kiran Nyota as one word. Kiran Nyota coaching, but I'll, I'll tag it in the show notes. Don't even <laughs> in the show notes. I'll That's tag our it in the Instagram. We're going to really use notes. that a lot now. So. I'm so excited. Let's write it in our notes, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kiran. It was really wonderful talking to Thank you so much for having me. And it was so great to connect with you, Caitlin, after hearing your voice. (laughs) Kieran Wanders was one of our super early listeners. Those days when I'd share like comments from friends, it used to be like my colleague and Kieran. Key feedback loops in the beginning. Yeah. Thanks so much. And like, yeah, for sure. We'll, I think we should have like, we should come and talk even more about just like feminine embodiment. I think it would be really cool to talk through some, a few tools that you'd be able to share. And I think it would be really cool to come and talk about the too muchness of the things that we're going to be like exploring the rest of the Mm -hmm. year. And yeah, all of the things. But thank you so much. And We'll see you later. I'll be seeing you later today. (laughs) And see you later, Caitlin. I'll go to sleep now. It's like midnight, Caitlin's time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, bye, you all. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.